And good morning to you. Welcome into our program here today, Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp. We are live here in Miami for the Orange Bowl, getting ready for the dogs and the Michigan Wolverines tomorrow. I know for a lot of you, you're excited about the fact that the talking is nearly done. Not that, listen, I talk for a living, so I'm always happy to have a little talking out there. But for the most part, we're talking about a time in which this game has been sort of cut up every way that it can. At a certain point, the only thing left to do is to play the game. And that's what both Georgia and Michigan get a chance to do tomorrow. I know a lot of folks are pretty excited about that. Over the course of our program here today, we'll give you a chance to hear from Georgia's coach Kirby Smart. We'll hear from Jamari Salyer. We'll hear from Trayvon Walker a little bit. We'll get into some issues later on with some of the COVID stuff that Georgia's dealing with. Uh, I want to do kind of a comparison here between how how Kirby Smart is preparing for the Rose Bowl. I should say the Rose Bowl. Excuse me. That's a Freudian slip how he's preparing for the Orange Bowl in comparison to how maybe Alabama's handling things over in Dallas right now. There seems to be a little bit of a difference related to that. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll do a little bit on the quarterback stuff. We did a lot on quarterback yesterday. There was some new stuff that came out on Wednesday, so want to share some of that with you, but we're going to try to not be just dominated by quarterback talk. I made this promise to you right at the SEC Championship that when it was relevant to do so, we'd bring it up, and when it wasn't relevant to do so, we weren't going to just drag it back out, you know, to clout chase here and, you know, stir up trouble just because we can. We're not going to use our platform that way. So we'll hear from some, uh, we'll hear some audio from Kirby Smart, what he said about the quarterback situation yesterday. I do think it was pretty interesting. And with that, you know, after that, pretty much everything that can be said has been said. Also, we're kind of in pregame mode here, down here in South Florida, the final press conference of the week took place this morning just before our show began. Uh, it was a joint press conference between Jim Harbaugh and Kirby Smart. I was in the middle of, you know, kind of getting the finishing touches on today's show, so I didn't hear a lot of that, but I'm told it's pretty boring, uh, to be honest with you, which is you probably wouldn't, um, uh, uh, you, you, you know, you I'm looking at the quote here I'm about to read to you. The point is, um, is it probably not too surprised that Harbaugh and, and Kirby Smart would have not exactly the most firework-filled press conference, but I will read this to you. Uh, the Kirby Smart said he remembered when Jim Harbaugh took his shirt off at a satellite camp in Prattville, Alabama. Y'all remember back in 2016 when Harbaugh first took the job, obviously, you know, in Michigan, a place where participation rates for high school football are going down, the caliber of athlete just not quite as good anyway, uh, that one of the challenges that any Big Ten coach faces is how you recruit and compete on the national level against a program like what, what would exist in the SEC, just knowing that you don't have the kind of geographic level of talent you can pull from there and so Harbaugh created those satellite camps and he wanted to come do that you know down here in, in the south and that's what Harbaugh you know or what I should say that's what Smart is referencing there in fact that Harbaugh came he took his shirt off and uh, Harbaugh says I could never do that and he laughs about that and Harbaugh says they were playing a shirts versus skins game so apparently Smart and Harbaugh having a little bit of fun together before the action gets going on Friday and of course I'll, I'll also say this to begin in light of Harbaugh and Smart doing that press conference there yesterday, the contrast that exists between what's happening right now in Miami and what's happening a lot of other places around the bowl world, boy, it just couldn't be more different. And you know, one of the themes that I think we try to you know circle back to a lot on this show is is that Georgia fans really do have a lot going for them, and, and that Georgia fans really do have a lot to be. I hate to put it this way, but a lot to be thankful for, a lot to be grateful for. And not to say you can't ever be disappointed by anything and not to say you can't ever get frustrated, you know, as a fan, as a human being. It's just only natural to to sometimes get a little frustrated with what you might be seeing in uh, in any particular situation. That's just, just only natural. But 
think about how weird bowl season has been so much around the rest of, of college football. I mean, you've had games not taking place. You had games that were canceled just a few hours before the games were supposed to occur. You had teams, you know, one case fly all the way across country to Hawaii, another case fly all the way across country to California, only to find out that once they got there, you know, the game wasn't going to happen. They were there in location ready for the game, and the game got canceled. You know, you've got coaches being doused with buckets of mayonnaise and, you know, crunchy snack treats and, you know, just any number of things that, that have just kind of become where bowl season to a, to a certain extent almost feels like a little bit of a sideshow now. And, you know, we've all had to make peace with the opt-outs and things like that. I'm a little bit more of a traditional guy. I don't love the fact that so many players are choosing not to play. I don't love the fact that some programs, I just flat out believe, have used the cover of COVID to get out of a game. They just didn't want to play anyway. I get frustrated with, with kind of all that, and to a degree, you have to make peace with a lot of that. But but when you see how crazy college football is all around the the landscape right now, how many games have just been really tarnished by, by whether it's an uncontrollable thing like the Omicron virus or, you know, variant or just the, the shifting landscape of college football with more players now, now using their right to opt out, not to play in these games. The fact that Georgia and Michigan on Friday are playing in a game in which that's not an issue at all. You know, the motivation level is, is intense. This is a Georgia team that's very much ready to go on all of this. Michigan, you got to presume is very much the same way. And yeah, Georgia's trying to shake off a loss, and for some fans that hasn't been the easiest thing to do. But overall, this is a football game about football, and, and everybody here is taking that very seriously. There's, a, there's an intensity of the, even the questions. When you listen to some of the press conference stuff, you go to the Dog Nation YouTube page, you can watch all of that there. There's an intensity to all of this that it has that big game vibe, that big game feel. You know, go look at you know, Dabo Swinney dressed up in a big orange costume before the cheesy game or some of the stuff that's kind of gone on in some of the other places. And, you know, think about Florida fighting with UCF and the Gasparilla Bowl there in Tampa and how silly all that seemed. The fact that Georgia has avoided that silliness during bowl season and the fact that Georgia's playing in a game that's being treated as a big game and everyone feels like it's a big game, I think that's the kind of thing you ought to appreciate. And it really kind of continues a theme that we've talked about a lot this year. At one point earlier in the year, there were upsets occurring all over college football, and it was being described as, oh, it's a year of chaos around the sport. And what we said was, well, it's fine for the rest of the sport to be chaotic, but Georgia doesn't have to participate in that chaos. Georgia can't avoid that. And for a 12-0 regular season, that's exactly what Georgia did. And when you got to National Signing Day, National Signing Day kind of became crazier this year than it had ever been before. I mean, the, the first National Signing Day, the beginning of the early signing period. You know, you had all kinds of crazy you know, stories being covered about how name, image, likeness might be impacting where players were going and who was doing what. And for the most part, Georgia also sidestepped that drama as well. Didn't get every player it would like to have gotten, but it put together an elite class. It's in the process of putting together an elite class. And the, the chaos and the rumor mill and the NIL stuff, you know, for the most part, Georgia just wasn't really caught up in that at all. And now we're here in bowl season where there's even more craziness, even more chaos, even more frankly, silliness around the sport. And yet there's nothing silly about Georgia-Michigan getting ready for this game. You can say, well, Kirby and Harbaugh were boring in their joint press conference today. They very well might have been. But at least the boring, the, the, what is the word I'm looking for? At least the, the, the boring nature of their comments, at least it speaks to the serious nature of this game. So, frankly, you know, as pretty as it is down in South Florida and as much fun as it is, is to travel, and if you get a chance to come see Georgia play in a bowl game, if you have the means to do so, you ought to do that. 
as much fun as it is to be in a location, a destination, the actual cool thing right now is the fact that, that Georgia and Michigan are getting ready to play a football game. That matters. And when you compare that to a lot of what's going on in the rest of college football, that's just simply not the case. So keep that in mind as the final finishing touches get put on the, the preparation here for this game on Friday. Now, one of the themes that I've kind of touched on a lot, I want to circle back on here right now, is what I think is a potential extra level of motivation for Georgia, if it wants to use it this way, and publicly it won't do this at all, but the way in which Michigan's being talked up right now, listen, talking up Michigan's not a mistake, Michigan's a very good football team, but the way in which this is happening, I think has led Georgia to be treated almost as an afterthought here in some of the media coverage. They're, you know, they're very much, as I've said before, the other team in this game. Media hasn't had a chance to write about Michigan in a long time. Michigan hasn't been very good. Haven't had a chance to put Michigan stories on TV very frequently. Michigan's been pretty irrelevant. Michigan is a you know big state school in the Big Ten, a lot of a lot of alumni. There's a big fan base here. So when you can serve that audience, that's what most of the profit-driven media is going to want to do. They're going to want to give those Michigan stories to you. And so that's some of what we've you know kind of gotten in the build-up to this game. But some of that also comes at the expense of forgetting that hey, you know what, Georgia's also a really good team there as well. Georgia's more than a touchdown favorite in this game, let's not forget that, and that's true for a reason. So I want to kind of put a little package together for you here for a moment. This is, you know, Kirby Smart talking about uh, Aiden Hutchinson and David Jabu, the terrific pass rushers for Michigan who legitimately are worthy of being praised, and they ought to be discussed. And Georgia ought to have a plan for how it prepares to – to block those guys. I mean, you've got to have a plan for what you want to do with them. And yeah, Georgia also has to have a plan for how it wants to be just as impactful on its own defensive side as Michigan wants to be on Friday there as well. But when you listen to the way in which these questions keep coming up, I think that it does offer the potential of giving guys like Trayvon Walker, who you're going to hear from in just a moment, to say, you know what? We're actually pretty good, too. Now, I'm glad that Ojabo and Hutchins are as good as they are. But you know what? Let's not forget, we've actually had a pretty good season as well. Did you see the stats we've been putting up year, you know, week after week all throughout this year? And, yeah, it may not be the individual glory that a guy like Hutchinson's gotten. It may not be, you know, right now another top ten pick type thing the way that Ojabo, you know, potentially uh, projects to be. But the defensive story for Georgia, I think, speaks for itself here this year, and they've done it in a pretty selfless uh, manner all season long. So let me let you hear a couple of minutes' worth here. When we're on the road, sometimes it makes more sense to kind of splice a couple of things together. So this is Kirby Smart talking about the two excellent pass rushers for uh, Michigan. Jamari Salyer eagerly greeting the challenge of blocking those guys. And Trayvon Walker saying, you know what? We actually hope to play just as well on Friday as these certainly uh, you know, very well-hyped Michigan players plan on doing. So as a way of getting things going here on Dog Nation Daily presented by Meriwether and Tharp, let me let you hear all of that right now live from Miami as our Orange Bowl coverage continues. The first thing you have to do is match their intensity. You know, regardless of the talent they have, the strain, the desire, the want to leaks through on the film. You know, and you, you talk to people that have played them, it's one of the first things they talk about is, man, you know, we, we didn't take into account how hard they played, uh, how much effort, how much want to, how much desire. Uh, and you, that has to come from within. That doesn't come from a star that was given to you out of high school. That doesn't come from uh, a reputation you got. That comes from, like, within. What, what do you have in, inside you? What stamina do you have in the fourth quarter to pass pro or run block, whatever it requires in the fourth quarter, to outwork the player, outstrain the player in front of you? And those two guys just 
just a tremendous want to. You can tell they push each other. They go against a really good offensive line every day in practice. Um, so so this, those guys are really big competitors and, competitors, and they're a huge challenge for our offensive line. You know, our offensive line embraces challenges like this. They want these opportunities. It's what you come to college to go play against is the best in the country, whether that's the best in the country at red run defense or best in the country at, at rushing the passer. You want to play against the best. You want to be measured against the best, and that's what the playoffs allow you to do. That's a challenge that Georgia offensive tackle Jamari Salyer says that he's more than ready for. Uh, yes, it's definitely very exciting. Um, two great, very talented players. Um, um, you know, they, they present different uh, matchups. Uh, each of them are very good at different things, but both very talented players. I'm very excited for the matchup. Um, obviously, heard heard both of their names pretty much for about a month now, so I'm excited to, you know, be able to spot the ball and go play. Um, it's exciting. Um, I'm, I'm sure they, they're excited to play me just as excited as I am to play them. So um, we, we got great talent. They've got great talent, and uh, we both played great talent all year. So, it's, you know, best on best, we're excited for it. And, of course, as Hutchinson and Ajabo continue to get attention from Michigan, hard not to notice that some of that's coming at the expense of a Georgia defensive line that's also had a great year as well. And Georgia defensive end Trayvon Walker says maybe that could be a little extra motivation for the Bulldogs. Uh, it can be motivation, and those are two great players. But uh, just for the guys that you named, me, J- Jordan Davis, and Nolan, uh, we're just natural competitors. And for the most part, the guys that you named, we've all had to go through something in life the way we had to do opposite of what other people said that or thought that we could do. So we just have to go out and prove whatever they're saying wrong and just do our best. Of course, Walker, Nolan Smith, and some of the other names mentioned are former five-star recruits, reinforcing the notion that Georgia's a truly elite recruiting program. Smart was asked on Wednesday if that recruiting edge also gave Georgia an edge when it comes to winning the game against Michigan on Friday. I think the argument that they're more talented than anybody in the country boils down to how they play, you know, because talent gets you so far and uh effort and toughness are a lot of qualities that that we demand here and both sides of the ball and special teams so we're certainly excited about the defensive players we got and uh you know we're, we're young at some positions on defense and we're old at some positions on defense it seems in my years of coaching you know that you have one or the other. I've been through some really experienced teams in the secondary, been through some really experienced front teams, uh, and this team has a lot of experience in the front and probably not as much in the secondary, but each year it's different. Um, but this group's been fun to coach because they come to work every day. Um, they've never really concerned themselves with uh, outcomes and results. They've really just enjoyed working. They like, they like to practice. They like being around each other. So uh, I enjoy being around them. They've made it a joy to coach them. And uh, it's not every year you get to coach a group like this. So we've certainly been excited. I think Dan and and the defensive staff have done a tremendous job uh, with those guys. So interesting stuff there from Trayvon Walker there at the end, Jamari Salyer, and then, of course, Georgia coach Kirby Smart on – What's going to what's going to you know the challenge of Michigan and you know, how you stop those pass rushers and also how Georgia creates that same level of success on its own defensive side coming up on Friday and Kyle Cummings in our Facebook comment section you know said that you know basically he was very confident in the game on Friday and he expected Georgia to play well and you know th- I think this is the kind of point that um that I guess I'm kind of getting to with all of this is that you know when I talk about Georgia regaining its swagger when I talk about Georgia getting that back and when I you know encourage fans to kind of you know, view the game the same way. I don't think I'm asking anybody to conjure up some sort of false sense of belief here, some sort of false sense of hope. 
And Georgia's been a better team than Michigan all season long. And, yes, the last game certainly uh, points in a different direction on that, but there's a reason why our memories have the ability to extend beyond just the most recent thing that we saw. Uh, I mean, I think one of the things you're seeing in the comment section all the way around here as, um, you know, as, as things get, uh, you know, as, as the game gets closer and closer, one of the things that you're seeing is just a greater level of confidence among Georgia fans that all of a sudden now you sort of get the impression they have fully turned their attention to the Michigan Wolverines. They have fully focused in on this opponent. And whatever memory they have of the previous game truly has been put behind them there for right now. That's 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 what they've been able to do. And so, you know, from that standpoint, um, you know, they have been able to focus in on this, and they do make the comparison and say, yeah, you know what, Georgia has been the better team than Michigan. Georgia is ready to go out and win this game there on Friday. And if a guy like Trayvon Walker says the tension that the other guys are getting on the other side led me to play a better football game, then more power to him for that. If Jamari Salyer says the the attention all these guys got and the belief that I wasn't going to be able to hold up and I wasn't going to be able to block them, that caused me to go out there and play better, then more power to them uh, there for that there as well. That mindset, mental approach is a very important part of how you win a football game like this. And when you hear the questions, one right after the other, coming about you know, just how unstoppable this Michigan defense has been or how diabolical Josh Gaddis has been as the Broyles award-winning offensive coordinator, and I, I'm kind of probably exaggerating here a little bit because you know, Michigan has had a, had a good season. They're in this spot for a reason. But there's no doubt that, that to a lot of the folks who are here to cover this, the Michigan side of this just seems more interesting right now. So if Georgia can use that for a little extra motivation, if Georgia can kind of go out and play the nobody believed in us type card even though they're technically a point spread favorite then you know more power to them as they as they try to do that my name is brandon adams it's dog nation daily daily podcast for georgia bulldogs fans presented by merriweather and tharp and we're live here in south florida where tomorrow we'll make a couple uh, minute drive a couple miles away and head over to a hard rock stadium there in miami gardens and get ready for the orange bowl of course coverage here on all the dog nation video channels uh, starting at 945 with our first and 15 on dognation.com, the Dog Nation app, 10 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Radio Noon, Athens Sports Radio 960, The Rev, all the podcast platforms there as well. Happy to be with you and happy to be able to bring you the sights and sounds from Miami, getting ready for that Orange Bowl. And, of course, we would not be able to do it without great sponsors like our friends at Merriweather and Tharp. And as much fun as it is to be here and enjoy the pageantry, getting ready for the Orange Bowl, Obviously, the subject of divorce is a lot less fun to talk about. It's not nearly as enjoyable a discussion, but it is also a reality for, for unfortunately, a, a sizable percentage of our audience. It's just the way that life works out. And so if you find yourself in that situation, the one thing that you can do to make this journey easier, not you know make it go away necessarily, but make the journey easier, the one of the things that you can do is have a strong advocate on your side. That is what Meriwether and Tharp uh, can certainly provide for you. They've been through these kinds of divorce cases thousands of times before. And yes, your situation is specific to you, of course, but the institutional knowledge that Meriwether and Tharp gains from having gone through this as often as they have, that's going to give them expertise, their lawyers, to be able to tell you exactly how the law is going to impact your life when it comes to some of the weightiest topics you can address, your finances, your relationship with your children, maybe even more important than that. All of these things are 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 a crucial part of the divorce process, and Meriwether and Tharp understands. They also understand the the emotional toll that all this can kind of take on you there as well. So they want to be there for you. They want to listen to your story, and they want to give you really strong expert legal advice about how you can manage the situation for the best possible outcome. So my advice to you is check them out online, theatlantadivorceteam.com. That's theatlantadivorceteam.com, and that will get you in touch 
with Meriwether and Tharp. They're your source for Georgia divorce. They're good friends of ours here around Dog Nation, and we're happy to have them with us as we're live down here in Miami getting ready for the Orange Bowl. With that said, we're going to go guest-free today. What my hope is is that in a few minutes I can bring a few more of your comments into the discussion and kind of be almost treat you as if you're the guest today. I wanted to be a little bit casual on this final Dog Nation Daily before game day tomorrow, and so more input from you gives us a chance to do that. Now, we've also got a job to do there as well, which means you've got to hear from the from the key figures who are going to factor into the outcome tomorrow. A lot of Kirby Smart on today's show. We'll do some of that related to some COVID stuff here in a moment. But, but I also want to make some room for you on today's program there as well. So, Get your comments in, dognation.com, dognation on Facebook, uh, YouTube. Of course, for our podcast radio audience, we appreciate you being here as well. For those of you that watch on video after the fact, we're always grateful for that too. But for those of you who are able to join us live, we'll see if we can get some of these throughout the program here today. With that said, let me go around the doghouse right now. It's presented today by our friends at Serve Pro. And I'm going to do something slightly impromptu here. I was going to do this as a part of the SEC through here in a moment. But I actually want to make a little bit of a comparison between Georgia coach Kirby Smart, Alabama coach Nick Saban, in terms of how they are preparing for the Orange Bowl right now. And I'm going to do this first with some audio connected together from Smart. This was press conference on Wednesday about what Georgia is dealing with from a COVID standpoint. There were some things related to that that Smart just simply did not want to go into detail on. But what Georgia is dealing with and how the COVID experience is impacting their time at the Orange Bowl all the way around. So this is Kirby on some COVID stuff, and it kind of leads into the fact that, for the most part, there's still business as usual at the Orange Bowl, although the media schedule has been very different. The actual team schedule has not really been all that different. And despite the pandemic, despite the lost Alabama, there is still a ton of excitement for this team to be where they are down here in South Florida getting ready for the college football playoff. So listen to this from Kirby. This is from Wednesday. Then it leads us into a a pretty interesting contrast when it comes to Alabama coach Nick Saban. So here on Dog Nation Daily and our uh, Around the Doghouse presented by Surf Pro, this a little bit from Kirby on yesterday. Just across the country as a whole, it's obviously you turn on the national news, it's the lead-in story. Uh, You look across the country, the impact it's had on other games, whether that be NBA, NFL, uh, the bowl games that it's impacted, certainly had an impact across the country. Ron Corson and his staff have been unbelievable, Um, just awesome. Uh, we've, We've had protocols in place. Uh, throughout the year, um, probably not as strict earlier in the year as it was last year uh, with the vaccination and, and really the low numbers and issues. As he, Ron saw things starting to spike, uh, we increased our sensitivity to that. He's done a tremendous job of that over really prior to the SEC championship. Um, we increased a lot of things around our building and our awareness of our players and understanding what's going on. You know, he's had four different times. Uh, he's offered guys opportunities to get booster shots. And uh, some of our guys have, some of them haven't. But they've really adhered to the policies we've asked them to and been able to steer clear for the most part. Um, we had a little bout last couple weeks that we you know, lost some guys and uh, gotten most of those guys back and uh, really that's uh, the, the biggest thing is being at full strength when you have to be and that's what we're aiming towards of course Kirby says that whatever the COVID story is right now it hasn't greatly impacted the experience they've had here in Miami for the Orange Bowl when it comes to COVID the, the players have been able to do the outings uh, CFP has made it very safe uh, for them to do that I think probably the worst thing you could do would be have these kids come to a hotel and 
just be in the hotel for four days and not move and not do anything. Um, so they've made it safe for our players to be able to function. And as a matter of fact, being outside probably helps them uh, more than anything else. As long as they're in a safe environment and not around crowds of people they don't know. So uh, for the most part, our guys have done a tremendous job. They've done what we've asked them to do. And to be honest with you, the Orange Bowl staff uh, has made it seamless. I mean, you know, I don't remember a lot about the Rose Bowl, but where we stayed, I don't think we ever left the hotel. We didn't go out and do a lot. And we did, I think we went to an amusement park maybe, and we haven't done that here. Uh, but we've had uh, a, a tremendous time so far and uh, spent a lot of our time preparing, you know, and, and locked in and focused. That's that's the most important thing is, you know, how are we preparing uh, for Michigan and, and are our guys building to a point of being ready to play at 7.30. And overall, Smart says, despite COVID, despite the lost Alabama in the SEC championship or anything else that might be going on, there is a lot of enthusiasm about Georgia being back and the college football playoff in the Orange Bowl with a chance to beat Michigan on Friday. Being in the CFP is, is where you want to be. You know, the, 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 all the, the tactical motivation techniques you have for uh, whether it's Texas, Baylor, or Cincinnati in uh, uh, one of the New Year's Six Bowls um, certainly creates a different kind of energy than this. Uh, this being in the CFP is, I mean, we really, when you pan the room, I think we've got, I don't know exactly how many, but you know, two or three guys uh, that can even remember being in that CFP and know what that was like. Uh, and when you you look at those guys, they they embrace that. They they've they've been hungry for that opportunity. So I think every player, that's what you set out to do. So there's been no downside to that. I mean, the time in between is really the same, right? So so the time between games is relatively the same that we would have regardless of what game we were in. The fact that you're in the playoff, it makes the, the practices so much more energetic, the work ethic so much better. And, uh, you know, coming off the loss of the SEC Championship, certainly disappointed, but it was also a little bit of an awakening for our guys of, of, of where are the brutal truths and how can we work on those. And um, you grow probably the most you grow in a year um, after a loss, and, and things are, are, are made a lot more relevant to you when you have those. So interesting stuff there from Kirby Smart on the excitement and enjoyment they have being around the Orange Bowl, being in the college football playoff, and essentially shrugging off anything that would maybe prevent them from, from feeling that way and also addressing the COVID stuff. Smart was also asked on Wednesday directly, you know, if he had players who were out right now, if he had players that were not there, and Smart simply said he wasn't going to talk about that at all. So you know, if you're curious about the full nature of this roster for Wednesday's game, I should say for Friday's game, you won't be able to find that out until those pregame warm-ups. And obviously we'll have eyes on all of that when those players come out. I mean, the one thing I think you can say is, and <laughs> this is not exactly the most scientific point, but, you know, when you watch Mike's video Sunday of the team arriving, it was three full buses that come here. You know, you watch Brian Gant's video of the team on the yacht. That we showed you on Dog Nation Daily on Monday. You know, that's, you know, three you know this is not you know a situation where there's obviously a a huge number of georgia players missing if any georgia player missing at all um i mean the 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 uh, it's obvious that the overwhelming majority of the team is here uh and we'll find out if if any of those guys are are either not able to play or maybe somebody that that wasn't accounted for happens not to be here there's also some news on a possible michigan absence we'll get to a little bit later on in the program today, kind of following up on something we also talked about yesterday. We'll do that with you here in a little bit. That was the one maybe news thing that came out of Jim Harbaugh today in the joint press conference with Kirby Smart. But here's what I want to do, though, for a couple of minutes, and this is kind of kind of um, 
a little bit of a impromptu thing because I was going to do the, the Saban thing in the SEC through, but I actually want to bring it up and make a comparison here with Kirby Smart. You heard uh, Smart talking about the, the team activities they've been a part of. We showed you some of the video earlier of on the yacht with, uh, with the dinner there, and you know I, I guess a couple of other things have kind of gone on there as well. It's not a ton of things necessarily. I believe they had a, had a dinner together at a local restaurant last night. Uh, you know That's some of the stuff that's gone on. And you know, in a lot of ways, Georgia keeping a fairly normal bowl routine going, and it seems like for the most part, Smart you know kind of embraces that. By contrast, Nick Saban did his weekly radio show last night, and apparently those are not the kinds of things that that Alabama is is doing right now as it prepares the college football playoff against Cincinnati. I want to read you this quote from Nick Saban, who says, "You're not going to remember uh, what you did on Tuesday night in Dallas three months from now, three weeks from now, or three years from now." But you'll remember for the rest of your life what happens in this game. Sometimes, um, uh, so, so basically saying they're not leaving the hotel room. That's basically what the, the, the gist of the Saban quote there, they're not leaving the hotel room. Now, it's not clear for me if that means they're not doing any of the sanctioned bowl activities or they're just not participating in free time. For the most part, the Georgia players, I don't think, have been doing a ton of the free time stuff either. I mean, I know that John Fitzpatrick said that for the most part he really hadn't left the hotel at all in terms of venturing out on his own. Maybe other players have. But as far as, like, the sanctioned bowl activities – Georgia's still participating in that and, you know, still, you know, still doing all that kind of stuff. And I can't quite tell from that quote from Nick Saban if that's what they're doing or not. I guess my point here on this is, is that I don't believe, even the age of Omicron or whatever it's called, I don't believe the bowl experience is necessarily supposed to be, nor does it have to be, some sort of joyless experience where you're down here and you're locked in a hotel room and you're staring at a, you know, a, a, a video screen the entire time watching film of your opponent. Frankly, I kind of agree with Kirby Smart here and that I'm not even quite so sure that's the best way to prepare for a game like this. That, that you know, Smart, you've heard him use the word strain before. Hey, how hard do you strain during the play? Says that about, you know, uh, Aiden Hutchinson. You know, he strains. We work so hard. I think that Smart understands the nature of, like, full participation, full effort, what that looks like. And I think he knows that that's the kind of thing that's a finite resource, that you can't be full-on focused 24 hours a day for three consecutive weeks. You just can't do it. That you have to have ebbs and flows. You have to have peaks and valleys. You have to have, you know, these moments in which you, um, in which you really do ratchet that focus and intensity up, but you can't stay at that red line forever. So I think that Kirby Smart, at least the, the best that I can tell, is more than happy to participate in these traditional bowl-type events. And listen, I don't think Georgia's chances of winning this game are reduced because they had dinner on a boat nor do i think their chances of winning this game are reduced because they had you know whatever dinner at some restaurant uh or you know at some other point in time during the week and as far as what's happening with the free time and stuff like that i know that's always going to be a little bit of concern but and frankly i'm not even aware of uh, of you know how much the georgia players have, have have really been doing i'm not staying in miami beach i'm staying here in fort lauderdale but but even if they did venture out of the hotel room a little bit, does anybody think, well, there, there you go, therefore they're not going to win the football game? I mean, uh, this variant thing seems to be passing around very, very quickly, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter what precautions that you're taking. At least that's the best sense that I get. So I'm not really quite so sure that any of this really in the control, full control of coaches right now. But it seems like Nick say, Nick, <laughs> Georgia fans stopping by to say hello and give us a go dogs here. But, um, Good to see you, sir. Thanks for coming by. Yeah, looking forward to it. Hey, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Good to see you. <laughs> Good to see you. 
So there you go. A, a Georgia fan stopping by to say hello and uh, driving by. You never know when you're going to run into Georgia fans. I told you earlier, I think I said this if you're on the video show or wherever, that um, – I haven't really seen a lot of Georgia fans yet. Well, I just saw one drive by right there. So uh, there you go. A, a UGA fan getting ready to go and a listener to the show. So we certainly appreciate that. The point I'm getting to is is that I'm sort of okay with Georgia having a bowl experience at a bowl. Now, you can't be out there wilding out or whatever, but I'm sort of okay with Georgia having a bowl experience at a bowl. And now that you move later into the week, you obviously get more locked down. It becomes like any other game day there at that time, any other, any other situation where they're going to be a lot more you know, tightened up and we won't hear from Georgia players and coaches again. But this notion that you've got to lock the players in the hotel, you've got to keep them there for a week, frankly, from Nick Saban's standpoint, that sounds more like false imprisonment than it does game day preparation. So uh, that's, the, that's clearly the message that Nick Saban wanted to send through his radio show. Seems like Georgia, the best that I can tell, might be doing things slightly different than that. But I don't think in this particular case that uh, Georgia is going to be less focused for the game because, you know, they had a little bit of fun while uh, being in Miami. But nonetheless, that is Around the Doghouse, and it's presented today by our friends at ServPro. Of course, when it comes to fire and water damage, things that you might deal with, um, uh ServPro, obviously, uh, the one to turn to for all that. Their restoration specialists can repair that damage caused by fire, caused by water, caused by whatever you might be dealing with. They can repair that like it never even happened. So check out ServPro today online at ServPro.com. All of their franchises independently owned and operated. That means you're doing business with some folks that got skin in the game. They have a vested interest in the outcome much the same way you do. You love your home. They love their business. It's a mutually beneficial relationship when you turn your attention to Surpro. So online at surpro.com and find out what their restoration specialists can do for you. They can get you fixed up, get you repaired up, literally like that damage caused by fire, caused by water, what else, like it never even happened. So make sure you check out Surpro today for uh, a lot more on that. So uh, check them out. Uh, good stuff there. All right, we're live here in Miami, South Florida. No uh, guests today. We're going to have to try to make some room for your comments. We're going to try to make some room for your comments before the uh, show is done here today. And obviously, what a lot of those comments have been related to is what's going on with the quarterback. And I made the promise to you after the SEC championship game that I um, – would only bring this up if it was relevant, right? We weren't going to keep dragging it out over and over again because while some people can't quite get enough of it, there are other people who kind of get tired of it. And, listen, I try to be respectful of, of all opinions and at least, you know, try to listen to what folks are saying out there. There are some people who still want more answers on this situation. There are other people who are like, listen, it feels like we're hearing the same thing over and over again. I kind of get it on both sides. Here's the point. On Wednesday, Kirby Smart was asked a couple of more questions related to quarterback, and I at least want this on the record on this show. I at least want this out there. So let me put this in terms of what it would take for JT Daniels to play in Friday's game and exactly why it is that Daniels went from being the unquestioned starter at the beginning of the season to now the role that he's in as a backup and really not playing at all right now. So this was smart from Wednesday. A little more on that. Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp, live from Miami. This is Kirby on the topic. I think it's hard to say. I think it's all based on the situation in the game, uh, the things you discussed prior to, 
what's going on in the game, how has practice gone during the week and pre previous weeks. Um, it's certainly something that um, we talk about as a staff. Um, but yeah, it's different than other positions when it comes to uh, making that decision for your whole team. And uh, certainly that guy is the is the face and the leader of the team and gets the most reps. But it's something that the offensive staff and, and ourselves, we talk about a lot. But um, I'll be honest with you, I've been really confident in Stetson, confident in Stetson now, I'm confident in JT. And I thought Coach Munkin did a great job addressing some of that yesterday. And we've got confidence in all our quarterbacks. And Kirby Smart was also asked on Wednesday to readdress why the decision was made to switch JT Daniels as the starting quarterback at the beginning of the year. We play every game independent of the previous, and we do what we have to do to put the best players out there in a position to win the game. Every decision we make as coaches is to give our opportunity and give our team the best opportunity to win the game. Um, we sit down as a staff and talk about it. And we had those talks throughout the year. And I think Stetson's played at a high level, um, done a really good job with our offense. Um, he, has, he has not played perfect by no means, um, but <clears throat> he's played well. And it's, it's a decision that we make as coaching staff. And for whatever reason, there's fans that may not agree with it, they may agree with it. Media may not agree with it, may agree with it. Our team understands that we're going to give our, our team the best opportunity to win, and we flex Stetson does that. And that's not to knock on JT. That's the, that's the part that's so sad about this is that you guys want to ask us as coaches questions. I want to answer them as honest as possible. But the hardest thing is every time you ask a question, you, you drive the comparison home. And really, at the end of the day, they're both different quarterbacks and they're both good in their own right. And I think we've got four quarterbacks capable of winning big here at University of Georgia. And Stetson's our quarterback right now. So interesting there on the quarterbacks. A um, couple of things that Smart were, was asked yesterday. One of the things that Smart was asked on that that he did not directly want to answer yesterday was whether JT has been rusty on the practice field coming back from the COVID stuff that he dealt with. And Smart pretended not to understand the question, then you know, kind of sidestepped and saying there was nothing really to be added there on that. To me, that seems like a pretty relevant question, uh, what JT's looked like at practice since coming back and having dealt with the COVID stuff. But that was not something that Smart wanted to address yesterday on that particular issue. But that's kind of where things stand there right now. Uh, Smart weighing in. Sounds like that uh, Stetson Bennett is still the starting quarterback, and I guess maybe there's a path for Daniel still playing. I'm somewhat skeptical of uh, of what it would take to to cause that to happen, to to you know for that to occur. Regardless of what my personal feelings might be on that, uh, I sort of am skeptical of that. That's the direction all this is going, but but maybe there's also a uh, path for that there as well. Smart addressing that topic there yesterday. Want to look at some of the other bowl stuff around the SEC and the rest of college football here for a moment as we go cruising around the SEC, courtesy of our friends at Royal Caribbean. You've heard me talking so much about the great cruises at Royal Caribbean, whether it be Perfect Day Coco Cay, which goes to that private island right there in the Bahamas. You know, all the great destinations, the great ports of call. You watch the video, you see this all the time when we show this off to you. Gorgeous, gorgeous ships on Royal Caribbean. Great destinations like Perfect Day Coco Cay, if nothing else. And for a lot of you, you've been hearing me say this now for a while. If you don't you know, do anything else with what I tell you on, on this, what I want you to do is I want you to go check out, you know, find the video for yourself, find out more about just what, what makes Perfect Day Coco Cay such a fun destination exclusively for those who are on a Royal Caribbean cruise ship. A lot of fun. And uh, our friends at the Cruise and Vacation Authority get you covered on all of that. So make sure you check out Royal Caribbean. And, of course, we're happy to have them with us. We're cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean here today. With that said, I told you before at the very top of the program, 
there seems to be a lot of silliness around the bowl season right now. Uh, Dave Doran, the NC State coach, frustrated because he went all the way out to California to play UCLA, only to have UCLA cancel on him the day of the game. And uh, he had some, you know, quote, I'm going to butcher it, but something along the lines of, uh, uh, you know, basically using the NCAA acronym as, as a way of kind of, you know, mocking them and making fun of how frustrated he was about all that has kind of gone down there on that, and you do get that. I don't, in this particular case, think the NCAA is the right ones to, to blame when it comes to this, but you have seen these teams, there have been, what, five bowl games impacted by cancellations? You've had teams that were supposed to play in one game move over and play another game, and you know, it has been crazy, and I do get Doran's frustration on this because it's one thing if, if you know, teams have sick players and if they're, they're too sick to be able to play, but in some of these particular cases, you get the instance they just don't want to play. And, you know, it's not that they're, you know, tied up in red tape or anything like that. They just are looking for an excuse to get out of the game. Uh, and there's at least been one or two instances where that's true, and if it's true for one or two, it could be true for, you know, for more than that there as well. It's not that we take you know, illness lightly. We want players to be healthy and safe. We believe the teams should do everything they can to keep their players healthy and safe, and we think it's really pretty impressive how well college football is done there in that regard. But you know, some of what has gone on around the bowl season doesn't seem to be exclusively able to be blamed on uh, Omicron alone. It's not been a very dignified chapter for the sport, and so I kind of understand the frustration that Dave Doran showing there a little bit there on that. As far as the rest of the bowls here coming out, let me give you the uh, schedule for today because really now the bowl schedule kind of kicks into gear in a way that it has not been prior to this. We're going to see a lot more SEC action, a lot more action involving ranked opponents. Yes, there are a lot of opt-outs, and yes, there are a lot of star players who are not playing, but things are really getting pretty, you know, pretty hot right now. Like I think that, for instance, today, 11.30 a.m., as I'm finishing this live show today, the Dukes-Mayo Bowl in Charlotte between North Carolina and South Carolina. Yes, these two teams have played a pretty good bit over the years, but this is a pretty good game. I know that uh, in Shane Beamer's case, they really want to finish the season on a high note. They felt like they had momentum here this year. They want to get some of that back to close out the year in the bowl game. So I'm guessing that South Carolina is raring to go here for this one today. Another chance to see another SEC game later on this evening. 3 p.m. in uh, Music City Bowl in Nashville between Tennessee and Purdue. Uh, obviously, the uh, Tennessee team that established also a first-year coach, much the same way that Beamer did for South Carolina. Uh, Josh Heupel in Tennessee did a lot of that there as well. And they get a chance to kind of go out there and finish that off against the Boilermakers today in their home state of Nashville. There will be a lot of Vols fans uh, there in Nashville for that. Las Vegas Bowl is also today between Wisconsin and Arizona State. Then you go to tomorrow. Obviously, the highlighted game for us is Georgia-Michigan and the Rose Bowl, but New Year's Eve pretty busy all the way around. You've got uh, uh, Rutgers-Wake Forest uh, starting 11 a.m. You've got Central Michigan-Washington State um, at 12.30. You've got Central Michigan and Boise. Actually, that game's been canceled. Uh, and then, you know, you start thinking about the uh, – tonight you've also got the uh, Pitt-Michigan State game in the, in the Peach Bowl. Then you look ahead to January 1st, and you start to get uh, you know some things going there as well. So you got some pretty busy bowl games right now. you kind of got a lot going on there on that. And this December 30th date here today is going to bring a lot more of that kind of back into discussion. So, so bowl season is kind of officially here. Those pre-Christmas warm-up bowls are kind of over. Pretty full slate today, pretty full slate there on the 31st. And then as you're either going back home from Miami or maybe uh, getting settled in after hopefully seeing a George win against Michigan, you can kind of settle in after that with a traditional January 1st and get ready to enjoy uh, all those citruses and outbacks and all those games that are typically on New Year's Day 
have a pretty full slate there on that there as well. Uh, check out my friends at Space Dogs, by the way. Space Dogs, the ones to turn to to take the mystery out of crypto. they got a lot of great products for you. Dogs Token, Dogs Wallet, Space Card. Makes all the things that you're buying, the purchases that you're making online, safer, more secure. It's also a great way to just get acquainted with what crypto really is and how it can benefit your life. So I talk about it. They're better at explaining than I am. So check out their website. It's dogs.io for more on that. Website is dogs.io, obviously spelled D-A-W-G-S, dogs.io, and you can do a lot more on that today. So another piece of Georgia news I want to get to. Um, yesterday, when the Michigan players spoke during one of their media availabilities, they were asked questions about Daxton Hill, the outstanding safety for Michigan, and Michigan players at that time kind of forwarded all those questions on to Jim Harbaugh. Did not want to talk about that there at the time. Uh, did not want to get into that. So that led, I think, a lot of us to believe, well, I guess Hill must really not be able to be playing. It had been kind of an interesting news cycle involving Dax Hill, who's a very good player, who had been reported, rumored to be involved in kind of a COVID situation. Early in the week, if you want to go back to, say, Tuesday, it seemed like Hill definitely was not going to play here. Might not even be in Florida. On Wednesday, it seemed like there was a little bit more optimism related to Hill status. I'm assuming that coincides with the CDC change in recommendation for the five-day quarantine period that doesn't require the positive test coming out of it, as opposed to the 10-day deal that had been placed prior to that. But then yesterday, with the Michigan players saying what they said, it also, once again, seemed to kind of take a turn back in the other direction. So media folks today did do what the Michigan players asked them to do. They took the questions to Harbaugh directly about Hill, and what Harbaugh said about Hill today was is that he is questionable for the game and would not answer directly about whether or not Hill is currently in Florida. So you're left to wonder, well, is he going to make some sort of game day arrival, travel in, and if he does so, how effective could he possibly be? I sort of file this under the category of what I do with a lot of things, which is if you think a player is injured, he probably is. If you think something is up with a player, it probably is. And in the case of, you know, this Harbaugh situation, Dax Hill, a very good safety, the kind of guy that would obviously be pretty valuable in a potential pass coverage matchup against Brock Bowers or maybe any number of other things there as well, something's apparently going on here. And whether he arrives in Florida, plays or not, you know, his status is 100% available, 100% effective in this game. I guess there's plenty of reason to be suspicious about that for right now. So that is one of the things that did come out of an otherwise benign press conference between Harbaugh and Smart held jointly today is the fact that Hill, a very good safety for Michigan, has been called questionable, and Jim Harbaugh sidestepped the chance to answer directly about whether Hill was even in Florida. Uh, of course, as you get ready for your game-watching party or your New Year's Eve plans or anything like that, Classic City Lager goes great. It is, of course, from Creature Comforts Brewing Company. It's a taste of Athens. You don't have to be in Athens to get it. A lot of folks down here in South Florida have packed some in a cooler, and when they're tailgating on Friday before the game, they're going to be enjoying some Classic City Lager as they do that. So make sure you try some today. Wherever you're shopping, wherever you're picking up your groceries, you can pick up some Classic City Lager from Creature Comforts Brewing Company, available in 6- and 12-pack cans today. It is just good cold beer. I'm a simple guy. I like simple things. That's what Classic City Lager is, and you can try some for yourself, and I believe that you'll really enjoy it uh, when you do. So check out Classic City Lager today. Okay, we'll wrap up our final Dog Nation Daily here. 
prior to being in uh, game day mode tomorrow from South Florida for the Orange Bowl. We'll do that with a, a golden shoe here. And I mentioned off the top the, the silliness related to the bowl season and how crazy this stuff has gotten. Take a look at this from the Cheez-It Bowl. So this is, you know, uh, Clemson last night. They're getting ready to, to be a part of the, the coin flip. you got the mascot flipping the coin. I mean, there's a certain part of this whole thing that's become very circus sideshow-like. I just am really, really glad that, that Georgia's not wrapped up in any of this right now. And part of me doesn't kind of mind the, the lighthearted, funny nature of all this, but I sort of like watching other teams go through it. There's going to be a coach get mayonnaise dumped on his head today. I sort of like other teams going through that. I don't necessarily want to be the to see my favorite team kind of mixed up in all of that, but nonetheless, we'll make uh, the Cheez-It Bowl our golden shoe winner for today for a very odd coin toss. And frankly, a lot of odd photos have come out of Orlando over the last few days related to that. Also, Gatorator Countdown Dogs getting ready to be back in Florida again next October. North Florida, though, business to take care of against those lousy, stinking Gators. 303 days from right now, we think that's what happens. Georgia over Florida there. That is our Gatorator Countdown. We appreciate all of you being here with us on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp today. I will see you tomorrow from the stadium on game day. Get ready to go, folks. Get taped up. Get ready. It is here. It's upon us. College football playoff. Uh, it's been a pleasure to cover it for you here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp.